outside the palace. He hears a couple of the court uh, palace officials are talking and they're plotting to kill the king. He hears this information, takes it to Esther. Esther relays it to the king. They find out it's true. These two guys get taken away and dealt with by the king. And then later on, uh, one of the king's offsiders, a guy by the name of Haman, he doesn't like the Jewish people, so he gets this decree put in place that all the Jewish people in Persia can be killed. They can all be wiped out. Mordecai hears about this. Obviously, it's a, it's a big deal. He takes the information to one of Esther's officials. It gets through to Esther, and he says, Esther, you, me, the Jewish people, we need to step up and we need to do something now. Mordecai, he was committed to God and committed to the Jewish people. Mordecai was a guy who was confident in what he believed and he postured himself accordingly. Ultimately, Mordecai was trying to live as a good Jew and a good citizen in a culture that didn't believe everything he believed in. And just like Mordecai trying to live as a good Jew and a good citizen in a culture that doesn't believe everything he believed in, we too are trying to live as good Christians, good followers of Jesus and good citizens in a society that more and more doesn't always believe the things that we believe in. If I can um, paraphrase the Scottish minister Alistair Begg, uh, he puts it this way. What we see back in 5th century BC Persia is still relevant to us today. When we read and look at the life of Mordecai, the way in which he postured himself, well, with the information and the knowledge that we have and our beliefs, we can't be going around using that as a battering ram, but we can't be naive to our surroundings either. In America, there's a uh, company called REI. Now, REI are an outdoor adventure company. I guess an equivalent for us would be Anaconda, Kathmandu, those kind of shops. And in America, they have their uh, Black Friday sales. Now, Black Friday is the day after Thanksgiving, and they have their huge, huge sales. And so what they do, all the shops, they open their doors, tell everybody, come on in, they slash their prices, and the sales are huge. It is probably an equivalent to what we do for Boxing Day sales here, but it is like 100 times bigger. It is massive. A few years ago, uh, one of the uh, REI managers was looking at their purpose, to inspire, educate and outfit for a lifetime of outdoor adventure and stewardship. And he thought, how can we be doing this better as a company? So he had a chat to his manager, chatted to a few other people. Ultimately, they got to the CEO and they had a chat about it and they said, yeah, how can we do this better? So REI made the decision that on Black Friday, they were going to close their doors and rather than telling people to come inside, they were going to encourage people to get outside. So they closed all their doors across the country and they ran the uh, hashtag opt outside. Don't opt in, opt out side. Get out. And that was their plan. They had a purpose and that's what they wanted to live by. Now, this caught fire. Uh, the media found out about it and on every news channel they're talking about REI, this uh, outdoor adventure company, 
they're closing their doors on the biggest sales day of the year. This is nuts. Look, what's going on here? So more and more people began talking about it. After a little bit of time and this uh, news spreading, a number of the state and national parks in America said, good idea. If you're telling people to come outside, we're going to open the gates of our parks around the country for free. So going out, come to our parks. Go camping, go for a walk, come play, whatever. Our parks are open. Um, the whole thing spread more and more. Uh, 150 other companies and said, you know what? It's a good idea. We're going to do the same thing too. And they closed their doors and told people to get outside. Now, the purpose of this was just to live for their purpose and just uh, stand by that. Uh, but the whole hashtag uh, opt outside and REI, over that Black Friday period, they had approximately 7 billion uh, online presence, likes, tags, all that kind of thing, about 7 billion. Uh, a company went out and interviewed people who were out and about on that Black Friday sort of weekend and said to them, why are you out and about today? Why are you in the park? Why are you going for a walk? And approximately 1.4 million people responded, we decided to get outside because REI suggested that we did. Their belief led to their actions. But it starts with being confident in your beliefs first. Um, the author C.S. Lewis, uh, he puts it like this, he said, I believe in Christianity in the same way I believe in the rising of the sun. Not just because I can see it, but by it, I can see everything else. If you were to join me in an online meeting, Zoom, Teams, whatever people are using, uh, apart from seeing my head on the screen, this is what you'd see behind me. Now, there's a few things in that photo. So down the bottom there, there's my uh, American football helmet. Uh, I love uh, international sports, but I really love American sports, so that's my little tribute to it there. Uh, in the middle is my Lego car collection. Uh, I love Lego. I love <laughs> Lego. Um, so that's my Lego car collection. Uh, there's one down the bottom I haven't built yet, but I'll get to that. Um, and then up the top are some of my books. And they're up there, and when you look at that, there's a variety of books. There's a few uh, sporting ones in there. There's a couple on risk management around the side. Uh, there's a few Bibles, uh, a few commentaries on Bibles, uh, different topics and themes. Uh, there's a couple in there around uh, your faith and why uh, the Bible is true. There's one in there about archaeology and the evidence of physical places and locations of the Bible being true and discovered. And on the right-hand side are a few of my books where I've taken notes from sermons and talks uh, over the years. Now, this is all behind me on my online meetings. So when I've put all these things there, I've always had the thought, I wonder if people on the other end of these meetings videos can see all this stuff. I don't know. So did I put these books here deliberately? No. And yes. I put them there because it's a bookshelf. They've got to go somewhere. Now, I could have put them lower. I could have put them higher. I could have put them on the bookshelf next to it, outside uh, the camera. But I put them there. So when I have these conversations with uh, my team members, uh, with the CEO, 
with a couple hundred managers doing a presentation, external consultants, whatever it might be, there's this thought that potentially, I don't know how clearly, people might be able to see the things uh, in my background. And over time, with this in my mind, I have made some slight adjustments. So when we close the cupboard doors, the sporting books are pretty much covered up, but you can pretty well see everything else that's still in there. Now, a couple of months ago, uh, we had an audit on the organisation and the auditor asked to interview some people and I was one of the people she wanted to interview. Never met her before, she was over in Perth and she jumped on and she said, hi, had a good chat to her for about an hour. At the end, as we were finishing, she said to me, oh, by the way, I like your background. And I said, oh, what part? I didn't know if she loved Lego as much as I do or... Um, <laughs> Or what it was, and she said, I like your books. So I thought I'd push this a bit further and said, anyone in particular? And she goes, no, I like them all. Hmm. And then she said, just remember, it's not all head knowledge, but keep going, keep going. With a nice little grin on her face, she sort of wrapped up the conversation and we finished the meeting. Now, do I think that she has some similar beliefs to me? Yeah, I think I do. Do I think that she got a better idea of who I was and what I believed based on the way I was posturing myself? Yeah, I do. It's interesting when you look at Esther and her life. She was a young girl orphaned raised by a relative in a foreign land. She was taken away to the palace on her own, told, don't tell anybody about yourself. So then when she becomes queen, she's got all the luxuries, all the food, maybe some security. I can forgive her for wanting to lay low and not do anything, not rock the boat, not try and uh, ruin potentially some of the better things she's had in her life for the first time. But then when Mordecai hears about the decree that Haman has put in to kill all the Jewish people, Mordecai comes to Esther and he brings out one of these famous lines uh, in the Bible. And who knows, but you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. The question Mordecai is putting to Esther is, okay, Esther, how are you going to posture yourself now? How are you going to stand up for your beliefs now? Because the book of Esther is not about Esther and it's not about Mordecai, whilst they are key players in the story and there are various themes that run through the story. The book of Esther, a book where God is not mentioned at all, is a book about how God preserves and protects his people so that they can be a witness for him. I have the band to come up. God had a plan and a purpose for the Jewish people and it wasn't going to end in the middle of Persia. He had a plan and a purpose for the Jewish people to continue on to be a witness for him 
and an example of him. So I wonder, as we go throughout this year looking at quietly loud, how will you be loud and confident in what you know and your beliefs? And how will you posture yourself so that you too can be a witness for him? Thank you.